0: this sermon tonight friendly reminder friend i got some friendly reminders for you tonight i believe i'm taking this off this is crazy it's way too hot thank you it's just amazing i call this sermon friendly reminders listen to me the enemy wants you going into 2019 forgetting everything that God did for you Forgetting, he, he wants you to think that 2019 is a clean slate, not for you starting something, but that God's never done anything. And, and listen, if I'm going to help you, if tonight is really the night that's going to change everything, you got to lean into this moment. And you got to say, I, I'm not going to live in offense. But watch this. I'm actually going to look out and, and find reasons to be grateful for what God has done for me. How many of you guys love a good friendly reminder? Here's a good friendly reminder. You're at work, you're working. Your, your friend comes up to you, hey, today's payday. That's a friendly reminder. And, and one of those, you forgot it was payday. Come on, somebody. Some of you are like, you forgot it was payday. Yes, it happens sometimes. Or so your friend comes up to you, hey, man, it's Taco Tuesday. That's a friendly reminder. Come on, somebody. Anybody Mexican in the heart? Come on, anybody. Oh, that'll little way. Best Mexican in Kissimmee is definitely Tapatio. Don't say nothing. Don't say nothing. Thank you so much. He oh you make noise for Marlo, please? She's so amazing and single. Hello. She told me to say that. I'm playing. <laughs> Tapatio, best Mexican. That's a friendly reminder. It's Taco Tuesday. That's a friendly reminder. Here's another friendly reminder. Hey, it's cold outside. guys love the cold. Some of you guys are like, that's why I'm living here. I hate it. <laughs> that's why we ran from the cold. <laughs> me and my family hibernated and left and fled. I mean, I got some friendly reminders for you tonight. Listen, listen to me. In your worst moments in life, sometimes you just need a friendly reminder. And listen, if you've never had a rock bottom moment, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. There's a moment in our lives we get to the bottom. We're like, this is it. I, I'm done trying. God, I need you to step in and do something. I'm done trying to figure this out on my own strength. I'm done trying to work my way up to God. I'm done trying to get my finances together on my own strength and wisdom. I'm done trying to get my relationships together. My relationships, I, the more it seems like I try, the, the, the worse it gets sometimes. The, the more it seems, I got to do more. I got to do more. Listen, here's the first friendly reminder. Jesus needs to be master of all or master of nothing. You got to make him the center of the center. You got to make him first, and you got to put him first. And listen, a lot of us, we know this already. You're like, Pastor, you're not telling me anything I don't know. I know that. But just always remember that he loves you too. He didn't just call you, but he loves you. He didn't just give you a purpose, but he loves you too. I think God loves you more than your purpose. I think God loves you more than what he called you to do. That's why before God uses you, he wants to get to know you. I want to read a Bible verse, Luke 17. I think that the worst way to move into 2019 is still holding on to past offenses. It's saying, this person hurt me this year, so I'm going to X them out next year. This person hurt me, so I'm going to scheme and find a way to get them back for what they did to me. This person, they hurt me, and they they made me look a certain way. I'm going to actually reciprocate the energy. But this is what the Bible says in Luke 17. Oh my gosh, it says, be alert. Someone say alert. If you see a friend going wrong, correct him. Listen, you're a real friend. When you're correcting your your friends, that's when you're a real friend. Real friends know when to tell you, listen, your outfit don't look too cute, mama. (laughs) I don't want a friend that's always telling me I'm looking good. I want a friend that once in the blue says, you don't look that good, homie. You look like it's mix match day. You know what I'm saying? Too many patterns, bro. Too many patterns. Your hairstyle is a bit too Jimmy Neutron. You know what I mean? A bit too. That's a good friend. A bad friend is when they see celery in your mouth all day at Chipotle, and they don't say anything. So you go to the bathroom, you're like, yo, you seen that in my mouth this whole time? Yeah, man, buddy. I didn't want to say anything. Nah, man, tell me. You see something, say something. Come on, somebody. You, me, my friend, you security. See something, say something. Some of you guys guys got friends that don't know how to tell you no. They never tell you no. So it's always yes, and you keep falling into the same patterns, falling into the same corners, falling into the same mess. You need friends around you that know how to tell you no. Here's a question. You want to grow? Get somebody in your life that has the authority to tell you no. Get someone in your life that tells you, hey, that plan sounds stupid. Hey, that plan, leaving the church, walking away from God, you sound like an idiot. I'm going to let you know I love you, so I'm going to correct you right here, right now. Do not be offended by correction. How did you learn everything you learned? Someone had to tell you that that's not the way to do it. Why we get to young adulthood and we're not allowed to get corrected anymore? We're not allowed to take any more else. Listen, stop walking in pride. Walk in humility. You see, be asking people, what should I work on? How can I get better? Ask the people close around you, what do I need to work on? How can I get better? Man, all these are just ways they're gonna set you up to be the best person you can be. How can I honor God the most? So if you see your friend going wrong, correct him. If you love him, you'll correct him. That's what I tell my leaders don't be afraid to bring correction. If you love them, you'll correct them. That's just how it goes. If I saw you walking off the edge of a cliff, because I love you, I will protect you. Because I love you, I will point you in the right direction. The matter if you listen, if you don't, that's up to you. I see a cliff on the edge, homie, and you're almost there. So I'm going to tap you and point you in the right direction as your friend, not as your enemy. I don't think that's the best way of doing it. I don't think that's the best way of handling that situation. I don't think that's the best way of of, of posting on Instagram. I don't think that's the best way of using vocabulary. I don't think that's the best way. And we, 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 we look at friends that try to help us, and we see them as targets when we live with offense. When you're living with offense, your friends become your targets. People who bring correction become your target, and you will never grow. You will bounce from church to church trying to find someone who is scared to correct you. Trying to, you're trying to find a leader that's, that's too intimidated to lead you. No, 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 no. I, I'm not going to push people away. I, I'm going to invite them in. And, I, and I'm going to say, hey, if you want to correct me, I'm open to be corrected. Anybody feeling the Holy Spirit in this place tonight? It's a message, right? That's a word. <laughs> if he responds, watch this, watch this, watch this. You see your friend doing wrong, correct him. If he responds, forgive him. Even if it's personal against you. Even if it isn't so personal against you. And repeated that seven times through the day. The Bible gets crazy, y'all. Because some of y'all reason, like if it said if he hurt you once, like personally repeated it one time throughout the day, you'd be like, all right, the second time, thank you, Bible. Because the second time, I get to slap him in the face. (laughs) Bible said once, second time, that's when you falling out of the Bible. You know what I'm saying? No, no, no. The Bible goes above and beyond. No, Keep forgiving right, repeated seven times through the day, and and seven times he says, I'm sorry, I won't do it again. Listen, you got to forgive him. You got to forgive him. You got to forgive him. What is this verse saying? This verse is building up a spirit in you that culture says is wrong. This verse right now is probably clashing with some of your spirits because you're like, no, if you hurt me seven times, I'm going to hurt you back. But Jesus is saying, no, if someone hurt you seven times, don't live with that offense. Don't hold the offense. Be wise, but forgive. Don't become besties, you know what I'm saying? Forgiveness is not, you know, reconciliation. Can I help you with that? I'm not being insensitive to your feelings. I'm not being insensitive to the offense. I'm not being insensitive to people hurting you. Listen, I know they hurt you. I know that church leader said something bad about you. I know stuff happened in your life. I'm not being insensitive, but there's just a limit to offense that you got to live with. If you live with too much offense, you'll, there's, there's too much on your mind. There's too much on your heart. There's just too much unforgiveness following you into the future. i got to let go of the past. The best way to let go of things that are holding me back is to forgive the people that hurt me the most. It's to forgive the people that hurt me the most. Number one, my first idea, don't choose to live in offense. Don't choose to, listen, I'm not saying don't be offended. That's out of your power. You don't have the ability to decide who hurts you or not. I'm not saying don't be offended. I'm saying don't live in offense. There's a difference. When you live in offense, offense is is all you see. It kind of clouds your vision. Like like everyone's going to, everyone's at me. Everyone's charging at me. Have you ever felt like that before? I think we all have. A group around you is talking bad about you, or a group around you disagreeing with you, and all of a sudden, it, it might even be your friends or the people you love, something inside of you goes, wow, all these people are against me. Everyone in this room. Have you ever had that moment before? You felt like it was just one on 30? Come on, anybody. People you love, people you don't know, who doesn't matter. We're so quick to see everyone as an enemy, to see everyone as a target, when they're actually sometimes just trying to help build us, help correct us. Listen, do not choose to live in offense. This is what offense sounds like. Ready? You don't know what they did to me. I'm hurt, and I'm going to stay hurt because you don't know what they did. Here's another one, you don't know how they hurt me, I'll never forgive them. Because you know how deep it was, you know how personal it was. Here's another one, he, he, he or she could just back up and never, ever, ever talk to me again. You Sound offended, you sound like you're living in offense. Here's another one, you, but you don't know what my mom said to me, you, you don't know what, how they hurt me, you don't know what they did, not listen, and you begin to have a mentality of offense. You, you begin to, to, to lie to yourself and think everyone's out to get you. Watch this. You begin to have expectations of offense. Now when people come to talk to you, be, because you're living in offense, you see them a, as offenders. Come on, somebody. You, you, you're seeing everyone. Everyone's out to get me. Everyone's trying to, trying to say something bad to me. And, and, and now everything that someone does to you, you're offended. You, watch this. You begin looking to be offended. It, it builds that thrill in you. Because that's all you hold on to. That's all you know is to be offended, and now you're actually running off the energy of being offended, running off of anger, running off of disagreement, running off of pressure and tension. Listen, that's not how God wants you to live. That mantle's way too big. That mantle's way too much. God's called you to live with a sound mind, sober, alert, aware. Come on, walking in purity, walking in, in righteousness and walking with a clear conscience. And not walking around with grudges on everyone. How can you how, how can you exemplify the love of God if the people you're preaching to are the people that you're hating, it's the people that you're rejecting, and you begin to have this mentality of offense, and, and you say you don't know what they did to me. Listen, I, I, I may never know what they did to you. Can I tell you this one once and for all? I don't know what they did to you. I don't know how they hurt you. I don't know how they offended you. I I don't know the offense. But listen, here's what I do know. I I, I I I, I might never know your story. I might never know how they offended you, but I know a different story. I know that there was a man named Jesus who showed up to the world, and he died for your sins. And if all you did was confess and believe that he is Lord, come on, your eternity, your sin, the biggest issue in our lives, now became a clear way to heaven and to glory. You have a reason to be thankful. You have a reason to let go. You have a reason to give Forgiveness because you have been forgiven. You see how the game changes. I can forgive people because I've been forgiven. I can forgive much because I've been forgiven much. Jesus just didn't, didn't just die for my past. He died for my past, my present sins, and even tomorrow sins. They're all covered. How can we forgive people for what they did to us last year, five years ago? And I know it's real tangible. I know tonight's sermon is real just tactical and just really, really in your face. But listen, it's it's sometimes we believe in God, but we don't believe in God. Right? We believe in him, but we don't really believe in him. No, I got to believe in Jesus. And and, and I'm not going to look at how people are offending me. I'm going to look how Jesus is lifting me up. I'm not going to focus on how other people are out to get me. I'm not going to live in the fence. I'm going to focus on Jesus. I have a friendly reminder for you tonight. Romans 8, 31 through 39. I promise you this is like my favorite verses. After I read all these verses, I basically finish preaching because it's just going to preach to you. Amen? Come on, y'all feeling good on a Tuesday night? Can I get an amen? Y'all feeling good tonight? Go try that again. I got three of y'all. Come on, y'all excited to be here tonight? Let's go. Romans 8, 31-39. I love these verses that are So what do you think? With God on our side like this, how can we lose? If God didn't hesitate to put everything on the line for us, embracing our condition and exposing himself to the worst by sending his own son, is there anything else he wouldn't gladly and freely do for us? And you who would dare tangle with God by messing with one of God's chosen who would dare even point a finger? The one who died for us, who was raised to life for us, in the presence wedge between us and Christ's love for us. There is no way. Watch this. Not trouble, not hard times, not hatred, not hunger, not homelessness, not bullying threats, not backstabbing, not even the worst sins listed in scripture. They kill us in cold blood because they hate you. We're sitting ducks. They pick us off one by one. None of us, none of this Phases us because Jesus loves us. Whoa, you see how that switched? You saw that? I guess I read that again. That was, that was, it hit me. And I, and I knew this was coming. It's like, dang. <laughs> Who would dare point a finger? Watch this, not, not, not trouble, not hard times, not hatred, not hunger, not homelessness, not bullying and threats. Man, are people hating on you? Are you going through hard times? Are you in trouble? Are you even homeless? Have you been bullied? Have you been backstabbed? Watch this, are, are, you, are you doing the worst sins? Listen to scripture. Watch this, because none of this phases us because Jesus loves us. None of this phases us. We're not living in fence. Why? Because Jesus loves us. And it's because he loves me that I can love others. You look at church people say, why do they love so much? Because they're receiving the love so much. It's, we're not giving love that isn't ours. Listen, the love that I give you, people say, how, how can I show up to new birth? And they say they love me and they don't know me. You ever asked that question before? I ask it every week. People go, I love you, Pastor John. How? <laughs> Where would it come from? It, I, I'm able to love you because I'm loved. God God doesn't call me to do something that he doesn't do himself. God tells me to forgive because he's forgiving me. God tells me to love because he loves me. Y'all here tonight? And, and, and if you have a hard time loving, listen, you got to start letting God love you. If you're having a hard time loving people, you got to start letting God slam you with his love. Because I'm only a good lover because God is loving me. I'm only able to forgive people, really, because God is forgiving me. It's when I realize how bad I am with God sometimes that I let people off all the time. I'm like, yeah, yo, you hurt? Oh, that's all right, man. Oh, you're all good, dude. Because if you look at all the offenses you gave God, come on, we did the list, it would be like Bruce Almighty with the cabinet, just all your sins, why you shouldn't be saved, why you shouldn't go to heaven. You have, if you wrote down every mistake you've ever made, you look at your mistakes and see they're all canceled out with grace. And you say, man, I don't care what anyone does to me. Because I, I did the worst thing to God. I turned my back on him even when I knew him. I turned my back on him even when no, know, even knowing I was doing wrong. I still did wrong. God, I, I can forgive because you've forgiven me. I can love because you're loving me. And I love this. Here's a friendly, friendly reminder. Not trouble. Not trouble, not hard times, not hatred. You know there's 63 hate, hate groups in Florida. You probably read it coming in. There's a huge billboard outside. You guys ever seen it? It's right there in part, uh, John Young. If you're driving by and if you look towards the Hope Center, you can see a board. there are 63 hate groups in Florida. It's nuts. How many of you guys would to build 63 Hope groups? Come on, somebody. Yeah. We're gonna build this city, y'all. This is what we're here for. This is what we're here for. Like, we're here to make a difference. Like, as much as the enemy is dividing, God is calling the church to unite. God is calling you to be the difference. God is calling you to be better. God is calling you to growth. And watch this. You cannot grow if you live with a mindset of offense where everyone's against you. Watch this. Listen, this mindset, my next idea, this mindset keeps keeps away a a mindset of offense. Here's my next idea. The mindset, this mindset keeps me, it it, it keeps me away from excuses. When when I say God, when I say God, I'm not going to look at what people are doing against me. I'm going to look at you. You begin to remove all the excuses on why you're not up to par. You guys here tonight? This mindset of God, I'm going to be grateful for what you're doing in my life. I'm going to realize how much you love me so I can love others. I'm going to realize how much you're forgiving me so I can forgive others. This mindset removes excuses. Because you say, I've been hurt. Here are the reasons why I'm not serving. I've been hurt. Here's the reason why I'm not giving to church. Pastor, I can't come every week. Here's why. Pastor, I I I can't jump into the church. Here's why. I can't let God love me. Here's why. Here's why. And now your offense is literally blocking your growth. Because this mindset of offense is hindering people stepping into your life. This mindset of offense is literally stopping you from going to the next level. This mindset of offense. I, I, can't, I, I can't serve. I can't. Here's why. Here's why. Excuse. Excuse. You know how easy to, you know how easy it is to find an excuse not to do something? Like, I lived in Po Siena. And if you lived in Point Siena, you had a big yard, and you had to mow your lawn. Can I get an amen? And you rent down, uh, like Pastor Ariel says, you drive down Unpleasant Hill. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) It's a uh, local insider. (laughs) I remember Point Siena. (laughs) Some of you guys are still laughing. I remember I, I lived in Point Siena. We'd have to mow the lawn. My mom would be like, John, mow the lawn. I'd give a thousand reasons why I can't do it. Oh, I can't mow the lawn. My back hurts. My nose hurts. My wrist hurts. Come on, somebody. My legs hurt. My ankles hurt. The grass keeps getting in my eyes. I hate it. Find a million reasons to do something to not do something. Listen, you're not strong because you're finding excuses not to live in a righteous life. You're not, you're not strong. You're not just wise because you find out how to dodge God. That doesn't make you wise because you find out how to use a fence to, to stop everything that God wants to do in your life. You don't like to do it. That's not your first choice. Sometimes, watch this, sometimes you're growing. It is going through a road that you don't want to go through. Sometimes growth points you in a direction you don't want to walk down. And you can give every reason why you shouldn't walk down that road, why you should quit going to church, why you should stop giving to church, why you should stop serving. You got a million reasons. Can I give you one reason to stay? Jesus scandalously loves you. Oh, he's so in love with you. Like, you can fail him seven times. He calls you to stand right back up. Like, you can walk away from this whole thing. His door is still wide open. Come on home. Stop being offended and grow. Grow. Stop giving excuses and step up. Stop dodging me. I'm everywhere. God's just not at 1143 Parnell Street. He's at your crib waiting for you. Some of y'all, you're going to wake up in the middle of the night. God's going to tell you, pray to me. I'm right here. The same way you worship me at the altar, worship me in your bedroom. I'm here. And I ain't going nowhere. That's the God you serve. That's the God you serve. Friendly reminder, you have every reason not to be here tonight. But let me give you one good reason to be here tonight. Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. We're not looking for excuses, not this, not this church. You're at the wrong church if you feel like you could just be here and be complacent. Keep coming. You want to be complacent? Keep coming, but we're, we're moving. We're moving forward. Come on, anybody coming with us? Come on, somebody. Is the church moving together tonight? Not this house. We're not making excuses. I can't. I can't. You can. You can. Jesus loves you. I can't do. I can't forgive him. I can't find it in me to forgive them. Jesus found it in him to die for you, even when you didn't love him, even when you weren't Christian, even when you didn't even have a Bible. He died for you, just in case you wanted him, just in case your heart would switch up, just in case you get your act together. He died for you. He paid it. And in this church, watch this, we don't find excuses not to serve. Watch this, we find reasons to be thankful. We find reasons to be thankful. You see how the spirit just switched in the room. Finding excuses not to do anything. Finding reasons to be thankful making excuses, I can't because of this, and I'm blinded by by offense. And and this church, come on, we're finding reasons. Why to thank God? Oh, I love a leader that finds a reason to thank God. Oh, I love seeing a Christian that finds a reason. I I, want to thank God. God, thank you for this food. This Chipotle, come on, somebody. I feel the Holy Spirit in this place tonight on a Tuesday. Thank you for this Lettuce. And this brown rice. Come on, I made the switch, y'all. I made the switch. Thank you for this chicken. Thank you for the veggies. God, thank you. Thank you for this food. I'm a college student and I'm broke. And the fact that I'm eating this right now is a complete blessing. Lord, I thank you for your favor and your love And my life. It's not just another meal. There are people around the world that cannot afford Chipotle on a good day. Come on, somebody. We're finding reasons to be thankful. Man, that's funny because it's food but what has God done in your life personally what has God been doing to you in the past two to three weeks God's been uplifting your spirit God's been working on you God's been shredding you cutting off the bad habits cutting off the addictions cutting off the bad thoughts cutting off the things that you don't even want in you he's cutting it are you thanking him God thank you for working on me Man, we got to find reasons to be thankful. That's what we're going to do. Instead of finding reasons to be mad, instead of finding reasons to be sad, you could overthink yourself out the presence of God. Did He know that? Some of you guys, your worst enemy is your mind. You overthink it. You overthink it. You overthink it. find reasons to be thankful. Find reasons to be grateful, and you'll see your spirit begin to change. We find reasons. We find reasons why we love. I can tell you why I love, because God loves me. I'm never going to stop loving you. How about we start telling that to people? I'm never going to stop loving you because I'm never going to stop being loved by God. I'm never going to stop forgiving you. You know why? Because God will never stop forgiving me. I'm never going to give up on praying on my family because God could do anything, anytime, anywhere. Salvation will come to my house. I will not be offended. I will not point the finger. I will not be stuck. I don't choose to be stuck. I choose to grow. No more excuses. I can't join a hope group because I've been in small groups before and people have offended me. They took my dirt and they threw it back in my face. Listen. We can find a reason to be thankful. God, thank you for giving a group in my area that I can pour into people, that I can talk to people, that I can th- to communicate with them. And they can hear my burden and hear my passion. And now I got people in my city near my house that I can call on anytime I want and just tell them, hello, how you doing? I need you. I'm about to do something stupid. I need some help. Can you tell me no? You see the difference? Looking in the fence and looking and, and no, no, no. I'm going to find a reason to be thankful. Watch this next idea. We go out in the streets looking for reasons to thank God. We go out in the streets and we look for reasons to thank God. Oh, you need a healer? I know a healer. Ooh, I'm about to thank God for healing you. Oh wait, you need peace? Oh, I know a God that could bring a peace that surpasses all your understanding. I know a God that can step into a hospital room, and although the the, the report is bad, although the the, the, the vibe might be off, and people are just so negative, come on, the peace of God can step into a hospital room, and now there's like an atmosphere of faith that God can really do anything. I'm going to look for reasons. I'm going to go out to the streets, and I'm going to start praying for people who are in need because my God wants to heal them. My God wants to meet their needs. I'm going to go out to people who are struggling with sin and they're struggling with their identity, and I'm going to confirm them. I'm going to affirm them. I'm going to lift them up. And that's the reason why I'm thankful, because God is still saving people, because God is still working in people, because God is still taking regular, ordinary people and changing their lives and changing their eternity. There's more for a church that finds a reason to thank God. There's more for a church that finds reasons, goes out looking for reasons to thank God. Amen? I don't know, and I might never know what they did to you, but I'm here to remind you what Jesus has done for you. Friendly reminder. Listen, Jesus is Lord. Can I give you a friendly reminder tonight? Jesus, listen, I don't care what the world is saying. Jesus is Lord. Come on, somebody. He, he's, not, he, he's not just like this really cool guy that God sent and, and and he did something cool and and he has good ideas and and oh my gosh it's Jesus Jesus gang Jesus gang right Jesus freak you know no no he's not just a man he's also God he's Lord come on we, we believe that at new birth Jesus is not just a man he is Lord of all he is king of kings Philippians chapter 2 verses 9 through 11 for this reason also God highly exalted who God the father exalted his son, he exalted him, bestowed on him the name which is above every name. When God said, I'm going to give you the name Jesus, Jesus is the name above every name. That's why when you're being tempted, begin to call on Jesus, and something will begin to happen. When you're being tried, when you feel like you need to give up, no, I'm going to call on Jesus, because he's not just a man, he's God. He's Lord, and he loves me. And, and God the Father exalts his son. God looks down and sees his son's obedience and humility to come down into the human body and die for men. Go through the whips. Go through the beating. Go through the crucial death. And God exalts him. Let's keep reading. The, the name that's above every name. So that the name of Jesus, watch this, every knee will bow. Of those who are in heaven and on earth and under earth. And that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So God the Father exalts his son Jesus when he sees Jesus, he sees someone who is worthy to be lifted up because of his humility, because of his disposition, because of his willingness to jump into the mission even though it cost him his life. He said, I will raise Jesus up and he is Lord. He is We are our lord we believe in god the father god the son and what god the holy spirit jesus is not he's not a friend of god he's not the homie of god jesus is lord he is he's a friendly reminder and jesus is on your side you know that some some of us go god the father the holy spirit signs and wonders and oh jesus is cool he's awesome God the Father, authority and wrath and just and, and the Holy Spirit, signs and wonders. And we go, yeah, Jesus, he's cool. He's 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 awesome. Thank you, Jesus. No, no, no. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. And watch this. If I'm, if I'm going to be a person not living in offense, I need to look at someone who, who, who kind of went through the same thing. For example. You are like, want to do something terrible, and you pull someone to the side, and you're like, yeah, I got to tell you what I've been going through, and they have no idea what you've been going through, so really what you're asking for them to do is listen to you, but then you have that conversation with someone who knows exactly what you're going through, because they've been through it, and you pull them to the side, and you say, yo, this happened to me, and they go, yo, that happened to me too. All of a sudden, there's this connection. Wait, you've been in the same shoes? Yes, I have. You've been in the same shoes. You've, you've, you've actually experienced what I experienced. Like they hurt you like they hurt me. Yup, same thing. Same way. I've been through it. Now you're looking at their reaction. Now you're looking at how they handle people. Now you're looking at how they handle pressure. And, and you're seeing them actually be happy. Actually live in freedom. They're, they're now living their best life. And they've been through the same thing you've been through, but they have completely different results. And you ask them, Well, what are you, what are you, what are you doing? Well, what's going on? How can you even be in another relationship if you were hurt the same way I was? How can you even be in church if you were hurt the same way I was? Because that pastor, because that leader did this, and that, that little thing, that little word is literally what's holding on to me right now. How'd you do it? Listen, there's no one that can relate to you more than Jesus. There's no one that can relate to you more than Jesus. And he's not just Lord in heaven, hanging out, looking at you, watching you from afar, saying, hey, I love you. No, Jesus gets nasty. Jesus gets dirty. Jesus goes into the world with people who might not accept him, with people who might not love him. And he says, I love them anyways. I love them anyways. Jesus didn't come into a world where he had friends and groupies. No, he came into a world of enemies. Throwing love at everybody. Throwing love at everybody. I can forgive because Christ has forgiven me. I can call on Jesus. And I can say, God, I'm going through this. And I feel like giving up. But God, you felt like giving up on the cross of Calvary. And instead of calling legions of angels, the Bible says, legions of angels to rescue you, you thought of me. And you endured it. And you stood there. And you let men take your life. But no, they didn't take your life. Jesus, you gave your life for me. Those men did not kill you, that was not a murder. You gave your life for mankind. You gave your life for mankind. That we could be better.